Wow. <laughs> yeah. What an intro. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> you know, the lyrics, it just, it, it's, it's a heavy tune. It's deep. It is. Deep. I love it. And we are back here at the Phoenix Theater. It's on stage with Jim and Tom. <laughs> Jim and Tom. And Lance. And Lance. We have a metal legend here oh, with us yeah, tonight. Yes, we do. I don't know, guys. Oh, well, yeah. No, it's true. 30 years, 32 years now. I 30 think, plus it? years of yeah. playing heavy metal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Both locally and also nationally. Yeah. yeah pretty. The real deal. So yeah. we're, we're very excited to welcome Lance Ozanic to the program <laughs> tonight. Thank you, Lance, for coming. Hey, thanks, guys. The mind behind schizo. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Tom, when Lance comes to mind, what comes to mind? Oh, boy, oh, here we go. Here uh, we go, Tom. Uh, you know what? Some of my favorite stuff, there's no doubt about it. And what's true is one of the best metal shows I ever saw <laughs> was a schizo show, and you were the only live member of the band. Oh, my God, that's right. Oh, that was such a smoking show. We will come back to that. <laughs> oh, we will. Schizo. What history schizo has in this building and in Sonoma County? Uh, quite a bit. You know, I'm not sure exactly. I wish I was better with dates. I don't know exactly when the first date was. I know it was in the 80s that we had schizo come through, and... I seeked them out because I had read an article that he was uh, puking in school colors, I think in Healdsburg. And Petaluma. And Petaluma. Yeah, well, all the schools, actually. Yeah. So let's talk about that. A trademark of the Schizo Live show is the vomit. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Different colors. Like the schools would call me or a kid from the school would call me and say, come play our school during lunch. During lunch. And the first thing I say is, what is your school colors? <laughs> and that's the concoction I, I make. And then I uh, proceed to make a set list. And then we, uh, we play our set list and then puke the school colors and leave. <laughs> so <laughs> how old were you when you formed Schizo? Because it didn't start as Schizo, right? Correct. It did not. I, what was the original band called? God Awful. Is that, oh, really? I grew up in Healdsburg, which there's not a lot to do there, but drugs and drinking and playing music and chasing girls. That's basically what it. That's rock and roll. It is. It was. It was. Yeah. You know, but I started playing in a band in 79 and that was called the God Awful. But these guys who I was playing with was much older. They, They drove, they bought beer and then they brought the drugs and then they exposed me to this, uh, punk stuff like, uh, Jesus and the Jerks, uh, what is it, uh, Lydia Lunch and wow. Nick Cave, The Bad yeah, Seeds, yes. all these undergrad, Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen. So you started actually in, in more of a punk mode. Oh, yeah. How did you make the switch to metal? Well, the guys in the band started doing too much psychedelics. Uh, and they were, they were in their 20s and they're kind of mellowing out. I am <laughs> still like 12, 13. I'm just ready to go. Yeah. And the band is called God Awful. And then we used to switch instruments because we get tired of what we were doing. And then uh, so they wouldn't nod off on stage from heroin or mushrooms. I mean, you name it. It was a drug type of band. And you were 12, 13 playing in a band with these oh, guys. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I did. I, as you can tell, I didn't have much supervision growing up. I didn't need it. It's a small town. My parents stayed at the bar. I was in the pig pen with the band on a farm rehearsing. 
Yeah. Spectacular. So, that was your studio? Your yeah, it was a studio? pig pen. Perfect. Yeah. And I mean, it, <laughs> the smells. Oh, God. <laughs> singing while the, the hay and the, and the manure and it was, it, were they it was God you, awful. Were you doing vocals as well in those days? Both. Everybody was. I was doing drums. Then, then they kicked me off to do bass, and then they kicked me off to do the guitar, and then percussion, and we'd all just make our rounds. How confident were you at that age? Well, the drugs and the booze helped. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that time. You know, at this point, I think I need to ask, because I think I know the answer. You don't do drugs or alcohol. No, I, I quit. Yeah. I quit everything uh, by 1984, May 2nd, yeah. 1984. Wow. Was my last drink and drug. And what led to that? Oh, you hit sixteen. <laughs> I hit seventeen. It's seventeen. Oh, was seventeen really? Was when you quit everything? Yeah, but I started when I was six. Started doing drugs and alcohol when you were six. Yeah, my goodness. So that's quite. Yeah, actually, yeah. That's you, a run. That's a run. It's a run. You know, it's eleven years. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. and it wasn't just once in a while. It was all the time. You know, my dad was a biker. My parents broke up. You know, and they remarried. And I mean, it was just a lot of turmoil in my life. So. What saved me basically was music, yeah, and it helped. Would you say music was the reason you quit, or music just gave you another option, something that you looked forward to that you liked to do? Well, I'd listen to playbacks of what I did live, and they were just terrible. So I was lis- listening to my my stuff as I was stoned, and I'd listen to it sober the next day, and I'm all, I, I can't perform right. It just sounds like hell. Yeah. So I'm, I had to make a decision, and plus it, it was just good for me not to be so cloudy, and so I pursued to just be straight. And then when did Schizo form? Late 80, because I went through a few different names. One night I was watching the TV, and Night Flight came on, and Motorhead popped on. I've never heard of them. And it was like late 79. Or, oh, man. And I'm all, Wow. Lemmy's voice Lemmy. with that heavy thrashing stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta, I, I like to do that. You bet you picked some of the, the best examples of metal out there. And, and uh, yeah. It, it was exactly what my angst needed because it was a little bit more heavier than Cooper and Kiss. It was a little more heavier than Bloister Colt. It was just raw. So I had, I said, I, I got to do that. So Schizo started out of the angst, a way to channel it and all that. And uh, Yeah, in yeah. 81, that's in, when it... In 81. I, I read in an interview that it, you said Schizo uh, formed out of a hatred for your town and its people. Right. Well, because I, I, was, uh, I was such a black sheep. Yeah. Um, people didn't like me. I was uh, fat. I had long hair. I dressed funny. And, you know, it was kind of a hick town, which... You guys are familiar was, with oh Healdsburg, Healdsburg, but yeah, also Petaluma yes. is kind Absolutely. of a hick flavor to it. Oh yes, so obviously vomit is a uh, a signature of the Schizo Live Show. Right? How did you come to that? Ah, very good question. Um, my drummer at the time. Now this was right after. This is the forming of the band, so this is like mid seventies, maybe seventy eight, when we were just talking about getting a band. And, uh, and I said, Dave, his name is Dave Bailey. I go, I want to do something really crazy like, like what Kiss and Alice Cooper does. So yeah. people remember us, you know. I want a band where you could say, have you heard of Schizo? 
And then they say, well, no, I haven't. Well, have you heard of the band that pukes green? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. So that's why I did it. Yeah. And then... Um, and you, you vomit on people in the audience sometimes? Not, not in the beginning. Oh, okay. In the beginning, <laughs> it was so... Um, conservative it very was. and when he would vomit here we would have a discussion about it before right. every show lance is, was very giving about that as a matter of fact he's he is one of the most careful vomiters i've ever met i try to be yeah, yeah. and we've had a few here and the live show in 2014 <laughs> still uh offers the vomit uh you know i'm in my mid 40s late 40s yeah. i don't know man i i have a hard time right now we've we've been in the studio five years and um, we haven't really played live in a while. We'll, we'll do a one-off show maybe once or twice a year. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how cool it is to see a, a middle-aged man puking. I don't know. I, I have to come to that. You know, the fact of the matter is, though, you're, you, for the last uh, 20 years, your playing has been doing all, as, as much talking as you need to. You, right. the Schizo has been a solid band for as long as you've been playing here. Yeah, and if you if you ever choose to move on from it, I I think your playing is is really what it's about. What uh, where was your first show that you vomited at? It was in front of a store in Healdsburg. I was in front of the store with my friend Dave, and these people started walking by, and I said, "Dave, this is it. This is the shock value. This is work. This is a test. These poor people." And I drank my um my soda, which was I believe a root beer. And then I waited for these old people to walk by. I gurgled it up. I made my eyes roll back in front of my, you know. I just got through seeing The Exorcist, too. Perfect. So, so I, I was rolling around on the floor puking, and, and my friend Dave is, like, freaked out. He's like, are you all right? And, and, and I'm all, yeah. Are they, did they walk by? And they said, yeah, they ran. <laughs> I said, that's it. That's, that's our it. gig. That's we- so let's talk about it, the Judge Judy story. <laughs> Could we talk about that? Yeah, I mean, because what a story that is. That, I think, that, that's the stuff of legend right there. Well, it is the stuff of legend, but we're getting ahead of ourselves because one of my favorite episodes was still the uh, Jerry Springer show. <laughs> oh, I don't that even know. Classic. I don't even know the Jerry Springer show. Oh, Jerry show. Springer oh, was a classic. How did that come about and what happened on it? Well, it was uh, near the late eight, no, wait, late 90s, and uh, Jerry... He, he had to refrain from a fighting, physical fighting, because he was going to get... Uh, tagged for uh, abuse on a show. Okay. They they changed it, and then he had to go to to more of a sick route or you know alternative craziness. So I I sent uh, I sent them a link to what I did, and then they said, "Oh, perfect. That's that's what we're looking for." So I became his poster boy, and I became his sweeps week boy. They call it because you know no one else does that crazy stuff that I did, and. Um, he kind of lured me out there thinking it's more of a shock rock band thing. Come on, Lance. And I'm all, okay. So we go out there and then he gives me this scenario. He's like, well, you know, groupies and love affairs. And I'm all, oh, dude, it was vile. And I'm like, man, this is it. 55 million people are going to watch this. And define vile. How was it vile? Well, I drank the green stuff like double because I know this is the I got to go for the gusto here. <laughs> this is it. Got to go big. This is the I big gotta stage. Go big. You got to go, go big. big. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is they have you in the green room from four in the morning to eleven in the morning. So it's almost six hours wow. yeah. being cooped up. 
And then they release you to the stage and the bright lights and the people chanting. It's almost like uh, that Roman throwing to the lions. So my adrenaline, when you see the show, my eyes are pinging from adrenaline and you're, they had me cooped up for almost six hours and I just went crazy. What was the scenario? What what was it about? Well, the first one was... Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, there's several sh- stories. Oh, God. The first one was she... Oh, my girlfriend said that I don't like to have sex with her unless I'm puking on her. And she's not going <laughs> to do that. I gave her ultimatum and and then she says, never. And then Octavia comes out. I'm like, well, this is what you're missing. You know, <laughs> then I grab Octavia and I puke all over her front <laughs> and, and puke in her mouth and... Oh my God! It's just insane. Yeah. So, and then you came on as different characters. Then, like you, or were you the it's same? It's always guy? the same. Always schizo. the same. Always the same. Okay. So, yeah, so I am as schizo. You were you were just a recurring character. Now, would, right? W- w- did you play a character named Schizo? No, it was Lance. It was just Lance. Did they ever schizo. let you guys play? I tried to get us to play. Oh, no. They, yeah, they would have loved it. They they put our website up. Okay. And they put, you know, our contacts. So we got a lot of contact. Good. Did you, you think sales. you sold some albums oh, from it? Definitely. Okay, good. Shirts, yeah. sales. Oh, my God. Now, were you able to yeah, ride good. that into playing, you know, places you wouldn't normally play because people recognize you sure. from that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So would you say that that era was like maybe when you were at your peak in terms of popularity or no? Uh, no, because our peak after... After 92, the thrash scene went down because of the the grunge and the pop punk came in. Yeah, and ska. Ska. And then we were down at that low level to like, you know, it wasn't much going on. And then we got on Jerry and that brought us back up near the late 90s. That's great. And then what led me to the Jerry question was the Judge Judy story. Yeah, that that was like uh, seven years later. Seven years later. And I just... I thought of this uh, idea, and I'm like, "Wow, let's uh, let's see what happens." So we mowed it over and made it happen. Could you tell us about that idea and just tell us about the story? Or is that a tougher one? To- well, yeah, if, if you don't want to share it, you don't have it's, to. It's, it's on a contract basis yeah. as well. She used me as a sweep, sweet boy. Yeah, and Excellent. And well, I I got her the rating she needed. What you were on the show for was oh, it was absolutely. a was a fan uh, had claimed that you had uh, vomited on her on her dress on her dress five hundred dollar dress five hundred dollar dress okay and then so she was suing you on in the court of Judge Judy yeah and she claimed that she didn't know it was part of the show right and I during the show I extended my hand up like Elvis and she comes up and she thought oh my God it's gonna be like like Footloose on stage and no he pukes all over me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, lady, that's what I do. There's posters all around. You should have known. That's weird. yeah. But then Judge Judy goes, well, Lance, you're not a household name, you know, <laughs> and you know, you're not like, you know, Kiss or Guar or something. You know, I, she didn't say those See, words. Man, if she said Guar, wouldn't that have been yeah. great to yeah. hear yeah. Judge yeah. Judy? You say the word Guar, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, ultimately, in in the court of Judge Judy, you you lost the case. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, and, and we're forced to award the plaintiff $500. Well, no, they paid that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that was, that was but nice I mean, as far as the story goes, $500. Sure, as yeah. the story goes. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so are, are there any other similar uh, experiences? Because, you know, tonight's kind of like the greatest hits of schizo. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? There is a greatest hit that, sure. that I did want to ask about, and I think it was kind of a lead-up promotion for uh, maybe Fox Radio or somebody like that. It was out for in front of— For one of your concerts For here. one of our concerts out in front of Last Record Store when they were on 4th Street in Santa Rosa. That's right. Or was there an accident involved? <laughs> it was a four-car pileup. It was Matthew in the morning, I believe. Yes. And he said, you know, hey, Lance, uh, I'm going to have a cell phone and one of my runners, and we're just going to have you puke on every corner in Santa Rosa or something like that. <laughs> and we're going to play your music in between. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> it was in 98. So you're thinking, what a treat. I get to go out in the morning, vomit all over some corners, get some promo for the show. How oh, fun man. is that? It was. It was yeah. great. But unfortunately... Um, it, it was on Octavia, I think, and one of her friends who she got says, hey, let's puke for this radio thing, and I don't know if he was really ready for this, so I puked on them both. He screamed. <laughs> the scream generated the person driving by in front of uh, the last record store on 4th Street to stop, and then that generated three other cars to pile up behind them. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, God, you know, we got to go. And I believe he mentioned it on the air, you know. Oh, there's a four-car pileup because of Lance's puke. (laughs) Come see him at the Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. You want to serve him with a lawsuit? (laughs) Come on down to 201 Washington Street. (laughs) He'll be on the stage from 11 to 12. You know, for for about a week, I wondered if we were going to hear about it, and we never did. Down at the Phoenix, nobody ever complained. (laughs) I know. I was looking over my shoulder the whole time. (laughs) Didn't you do a vomit arch? Oh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, I'm inducted in the Ripley's show. Tell us about that. How did that come about? Oh, that was weird. I Okay, now, yeah. first of, now uh, I have read that you can project your vomit up to 19 feet. Is 30, that 30 feet. 30 feet. Well, yeah. you got to get somebody to edit that Wikipedia page. It says only 19 at this point. Wow. Yeah. No, i got to get that fixed. we got to get that. That's very important. So 30 feet. Now, we're not talking Guinness Book of World Records, though. We're talking about... Uh, and I tried to get a Guinness Book. They, I, wouldn't, have, they wouldn't take me. Well, that's bullshit. It's true. They wouldn't. I can show you the letter. No, I'm not saying... Yeah. I got rejection not, yeah. letters this pile. I'm saying that that's bullshit that they rejected it. <laughs> they wouldn't it. take you. Yeah. I'm in your camp. I'll write a letter to support you. <laughs> but you are in Ripley's, which I think is phenomenal, really, did, especially for Sonoma County. I how love that. How did yeah. that happen? I don't know. I didn't know that. Um, I did a puke painting... I puked on this canvas, and this lady in the mid-'80s wrote over it. And, and I said, okay, whatever you sell it for, split half. I haven't heard from her ever since. And then, But on the back of that painting, I wrote Lance, schizo, and my phone number, 707-433-NUTS, was yep, my old phone right. number. Is that still your number? No. Okay. I wish it was. I do, too. Yeah. And uh, Ripley's contacted me because they did a some sort of show with art in Las Vegas, and it ended up at a art show. Years later. We're talking 20 years later. No kidding. So they called me on the back of this stupid painting. They this said, is why you don't give up your old phone numbers. I know. Yeah, that is true. If I didn't have it, I would have never. Yeah. But they called, and they said, let's do a, a piece on your puke art. And I'm thinking, what? I do this on stage. Oh, yeah, stage canvas whatever we're gonna be there in in 10 days we'll rent you out for three days we're gonna do all kinds of scenarios and and we're gonna make you a star (laughs) they said that use that phrase we're gonna make you a star (laughs) so they they come up they rent they rent me they rent rent our house they rent our studio for like three days and and it was just grueling because they had me puking a lot 
they wanted to do this uh, wedding sermon, and I instead of launching, uh, well, instead of throwing rice, I puked on the couple. It was so bizarre. I, I don't know why they did it, but and then the other part of the show was also doing Schizo Live, and then the artwork. That's it, great. Yeah. And this was on a Ripley's Believe It or Not show. Absolutely. So yeah. these guys abs- absolutely featured you playing besides featured the band. A little bit, yeah. Okay, that's But that's they, mo- something. they mostly stayed on the art thing. Yeah. But little snippets of here and there. I'm fine. Obviously, you enjoy people knowing that you have the band. And, and, and you know, it's it's nice having a band for so long and being well-known. It must be nice to hear people say, yeah, Schizo. I know Schizo. But yeah, well, and, and highly respected. Well-known, yes. Uh, <laughs> absolutely respected, too, though, in, in, in metal circles especially. Absolutely. The vomit is a good gimmick. But does it annoy you, the focus on the vomit over the music? No, it never has. Never has? No. I mean, I can take it or leave it. Some people can't take it or leave it, though. Like, there, there, there have been a few shows where I just did not puke. And then, some, then those people who were hardcore waited out by my van and said, <laughs> to talk to you. Hey, man, I just paid all this money and I bought your shirt and you didn't puke. What the hell's wrong with you? And I'm all, okay, hold on, hold on. All right. I'll puke. And so I'll do a little special show for special them. Special puke. <laughs> now, do you puke on the fan? <sighs> Depends on if they want Depends it. Depends on if they want it. Yeah. You know? Have some people want it? Oh, all the time. All the time. All over the face, maybe. Face. And you, and you or, say, where do you want it? And they say, give it to me right in the face. And the you face, say, okay. Or, or on their wife. Um, on their the weirdest wife. one. Oh, I want to hear the weirdest one. Is it a sex thing? Baptizing oh, no. their baby. Baptizing? Really? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, you didn't do it? No, that baby would drown. <laughs> They're going to hold it, and then I puke all it, and then it chokes on my vomit? Yeah, yeah. I ain't going to get caught for that. I told them that. Yeah. Oh, they will turn it over, Lance. Don't we just turn it I'm all, dude, I don't want to see that. <laughs> okay, so that that's a weird thing. Yeah. Puke on my newborn child. And of course you're going to encounter weird things in the world of metal and in the world of puking on people. Oh, yeah, the groupies and, you know. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us about the groupies. How long have you been married? Well, before my marriage, it was just insane. You know, it was it was hog wild. It was... It was rock and roll. Really? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like they were so into getting with you. And they, I bet they wanted the vomit to be a part of the sex. <laughs> you know... It started off that way, but I'm not really that that crazy, you know? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm more crazier on stage. You know, it, that is something you do get to know after you. Well, when you deal with Lance business-wise, when you're talking about the shows uh, before and after, Lance is one of the more down-to-earth people you work with. Do you, do, you, do you want to share a groupie story or two, or do you even have a groupie story or two to share? Well, I'm, it's just a blur. Because you asked if you could swear, and, you know, perhaps some stories come to mind. Well, there, there was some groupies that wanted me to puke in their vagina and, and you know, just kind of do it up that way. And, and I didn't do that. That's, that's, a, yeah, that's a little over the top, don't you think? Right. I'm I just, mean, how would that even work logistically? I'm confused, you know? That's, that's what I was thinking, too. I mean, you're going to get puke all over... Not to make it too great. <laughs> <laughs> <I just, laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm thinking about how you would go about doing that. And, right. I mean, yeah, as, so. a, as a young man, yeah. Yeah. you know. You can, you can imagine there might be a way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always a way. I would imagine that perhaps in the throes of passion, if such things happen, that maybe puke made its uh, appearance, but it was not in that way. You know, maybe it was maybe a little bit more uh, on the front of the body, perhaps. <laughs> if it ever entered the bedroom. Right. <laughs> 
Right. I, I don't know. I, tr- I try to separate work and bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea. You know what? But getting back to rock and roll, though, I really... It all blurs, Tom. It's all, it, it's all, it all does blur, blur, but I really wanted to talk about what I thought was one of the best shows I'd ever seen here. It was... Schizo was a full band, and it gets back to recording style, where you got your tracks done. You came and performed one night with Schizo, the band, but you were the only live member on the stage. And I think what's fascinating is the story of how you came to be that band at that time. Because I think you you lost a couple members at one point, did you not? Yeah, it was uh, Ken Springer who passed away. Yes. He was my guitarist, moved out here from Canada to be in the band. And what year are we talking here about? He came out in 92. We hired him in like 92, 93, but he died in 95 from a motorcycle wreck. Okay. And he was my life partner in this, in this musical. He was, he was the one. And, uh, and so was the drummer, Scott Reynolds. Now, after Kenny passed away, Scott joined the army. And then there's me all by myself. I had such grieving, I, I don't know how to grieve of a band member, you know? I mean, I can only imagine what Ozzy felt like when Randy Rhodes died. That's the feeling. Well, it's family. Oh, definitely. So, it, rather than replace him, I just took his guitar tracks, I bought a mannequin, I got his jean jacket, and and then I got a wig for the guy, and, and I got a strobe light and a fan. I mixed down some guitar tracks to go through the PA, and I mixed down some drum tracks to go through the PA. Now, were these their, their drum tracks and guitar tracks, or was it, was it all you? Oh, no, it was those guys. Yeah, it was their stuff. And then I took off my bass and vocals, because I played those live. Correct. So yes, that gave the live feel. Absolutely did. Was this cathartic for you? Did it feel good to... For five years it did. Yeah. But there was no improv. It almost kind of drove me nuts because I used to take the band out to Denny's for a late night meal. I'd buy them pancakes and I'd talk to them and the whole show would still... Wait, are you talking about the mannequins? Yes. You would take the mannequins out to dinner? You would take them out to dinner? Yeah, absolutely. They were my band members, man. Wow, cool. I even set up bank accounts for them. (laughs) Wow. Uh, but so now that's interesting. Did you know that he didn't? Ju- it wasn't just a, a one-off show. That he no, was- I thought it was a one-off. I think we only had you do that once here. Is that correct, or did you do a couple of those? I did. I did a couple. Son of a gun. So this was part of your grieving, maybe. Oh, it is totally because yeah. I was sad. I was just heartbroken. But boy, what a solid band! Holy cow! <laughs> I, mean, I don't know any other way to put it. There was one show that was absolutely fascinating. Tight as a son of a gun. Yeah. And you were playing great. There was one point where you were backed up against the guitar. Right. And you guys were playing the uh, the standard frontline guitar, bass, uh, hair spin, and everything, more right. or less. And wow. Right. And it was solid, solid but stuff. It was. I, yeah, it really was. I enjoyed it. It was fun for, like I said, five yeah. years. But yeah, then right. my grieving stopped, and it's... It's time to get some real people back. And actually, you came back with a really solid band, too, after that. Now, let me ask you something really quickly mm-hmm. before you get to that. When you would take these guys, the mannequins, out mm-hmm. to Denny's, and you would you'd get them food, and you would sit and talk with them, and yeah. you get them bank accounts, how did people react to that? People would just say, what is this? And I had flyers of my band, stickers. There you go. That's what we're about. And for you, it was just like the, your career. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like the vomit. This is helping me grieve, but also I'm getting the word out about Schizo. Right. The machine is Absolutely. still going. Right, because I, I did a show here 
And then the show continues at Denny's. Yeah. The publicity. The machine and never ends. It never ends. But I mean, you've probably been putting up with that your whole life. People looking at what you're doing and be like, what the hell is this? Sitting at a Denny's with, <laughs> with Mannequin. And your reaction is, hey, it's, it's my band. It exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I introduce them. That's uh, Bertha Leach and that's Greg Stiff. <laughs> Have a seat. Have a seat. seat. Don't uh, ask them for autographs. They hate that. Right. I do that. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Good for you. I love that. I, I really love that. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't know what else to do. You know, I, it's, I had to, that grieving thing, and I didn't want to look over on stage and see some other guy up there playing Kenny's stuff. I'd rather have the mannequin play those tracks from Kenny from the album, and it's still being heard. And that that's was important to me. So I mean, and now that's interesting too. I mean, that must have been a, a sad period for you, sort of a, a lonely period. So for the you. first five years with the first the five years with the mannequins. Oh, it was. You know, I mean, that must have been maybe a dark period for it you. It was. I traveled. <clears throat> I remember traveling um, in the van by myself with the mannequins. No crew. Up. You didn't. You didn't have a crew with you at all. Not. Not really. Not wow. after that. Because when Ken passed away, a lot of our crew and friends made that switch to like, wow reality let's let's get married and have babies yeah and not not go out anymore so i we see that a lot here yeah absolutely and so that's what's going to happen and and then i was on the road driving to fresno to do a show and i'm completely alone driving there setting the mannequins up and the the other bands are like what is this you know I get a lot of, you know, shock that way, too. And now, would you say that that was another period in your life where the music carried you through? Oh, definitely. That that album that I did called Psycho Babble was, it's hard for me to listen to today because it's so deep, dark. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it was. You remember it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Psycho Babble. It was a powerful set. What a way to get through that horrible period in your life. And you did it. And then at a certain point, you were able to then finally get new members in the band. Right. Well, yeah. Now that now the guys that joined the band afterwards, are, are they still with you now? Uh, one guy, uh, Nasty Nate. He is a dedicated member. Oh, my God. He, um, he tattooed the Schizo logo on his leg about this big. Oh man, is that emotional that, for that's you? Pretty like, big. does that mean a lot to you it when does. somebody does that? Oh my God, there, there's uh, people send me tattoos. I, I've, probably there's about ten or twenty people with schizo tattoos on their back or on their chest or uh, on their leg or oh my, I, I'm just like wow, this is amazing, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> you've had a lot of people that have come through the band, right? Oh yeah, yeah. about 175. That is amazing. That 175 is amazing. people. Oh. And you are the obviously the one constant. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So another couple of brushes with fame that I actually had forgotten about. You were on Howard Stern. 98. I can't seem to locate a clip, but but you can tell us about it. Yeah, it was um I was at Magnolia's and I got a beeper call. Like on my beeper. Back in the old back days. The we, d- had, we had pagers back in the day. I asked Scott Gorey, can I use yeah. your phone? I, this is a weird, uh, you know, I'll pay for it. It's, it's a New York number. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking it's a, it's a label or something because I was trying to get signed and all this stuff. So I answer it and it's uh, Howard Stern um, on his radio show. Wow. And I'm all, Wow. Yeah, what do you want to know? You know, I'm out here doing a gig. Oh, tell us about the puking and the girls and the tits. And <laughs> and I'm all, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go on in about 40 minutes. He goes, all right, perfect. So I was on there for 40 minutes. And, wow. And when I got home, 
my answer machine just filled up with people going, we heard you on Stern, and I don't have it. It was before his TV show, so it was on his radio oh, it was on his. Oh, that might be tough to dig up. I know. Yeah. How did it come about you were in two National Lampoon's movies? Uh, yeah, that's... They just had me down in L.A., puking all over the place down there. And they just called you up, and they said, we know what you're doing. The role calls for right. some puke, and you're our man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting... It was fun, you know. Uh, it was you bet. Lots of L. You know, it's very L.A. Is yeah. all I could say. And it was National Lampoon. Right. Yeah, yeah it got me some more publicity. <laughs> and then one of, one of my favorite punchlines was, "That's not funny. That's sick." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I would love to hear about your relationship with Sam Kinison. How do you know that? I wow. done my research. Do you know who Sam Kinison is? I know who Sam Kinison is. Oh, yeah. I'm blown away here right now. I didn't oh, know you, you had a relationship. Well, not only did he have a relationship, but he played his wake. You played his wake. Well, it started before that. Tell the audience, who is Sam Kinison in your oh. words, Lance? Oh, he's one of the uh, comedians of the uh, 80s. Bombastic. Yeah. You may have seen him on, what was, what was he in, Summer Rental or something? Uh, no, he was movies. in Back to School, Back Rodney to Dangerfield. School, yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He was great. And you met him when he played a show locally? Yeah, he was up at uh, Santa Rosa Fairgrounds, but he wasn't a very good night because he was drunk. He could barely talk, okay. and he was up on stage. It was a huge sold-out show back then. It, he was at his peak, so my manager Joe and his wife booked it and um he had me dress as sam to come in and so i did and he had bouncers at the front and he turned the light off and the things so when i walked through the crowd everyone thought it was sam and it was only me you know and everyone was cheering and then i go backstage so i was kind of like an impersonator at that moment and it was a rush i was all wow that's great but it didn't stop there you remember he did the Jessica Hahn video, Wild oh, Thing? Oh, wow, yes. Well, that's his encore. He <laughs> passed out before the encore in the limo. They took him off to the airport, and that was the end. Oh, okay. So everyone was cheering, Wild Thing, Wild Thing. Oh, no. Oh, he was supposed to do Wild Thing yeah, as the right. encore. Oh, he okay. had a full band, like, from L.A. They, did you know the lyrics? Yeah, I oh, knew it. Oh, thank God. And, and Joe goes, we'd have no Sam. I'm all, well, that's too bad, man. He goes, you look like him. I go, dude, I'm not going to go up to 5,000 people. They're, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to suck. I'm not Sam. I'm, I'm like Close, me. a close facsimile. I said, maybe 100 people know me out of this 5,000, but dude, you're going to have a riot. Luckily, Sam's opening act, his name was Carl LeBeau. Thank yeah. God. And he was up there doing his 40 minutes before the show. He put his arm around me. He goes, let's both go up and finish this thing. And I'm all, wow. Okay. I feel more confident. So I went up there, did Wild Thing with Carl and the band. Man, it was <laughs> Did anybody was notice? Magic. What a story did anybody that notice is. Did anybody what? notice? Well, they, they noticed that Sam wasn't up on stage. So they knew it wasn't, you weren't Sam then. Right. He introduced me as a oh. local metal guy, Lance from Schizo. Oh, okay. And people knew that Sam could not finish that song anyway because he was slurring and, and he was uh-huh. passing out on stage so did you meet him that night very brief very brief he was just incoherent he was just now carl lived in la his wake was up here in the bay area carl was the opening act mm-hmm. okay yeah sorry and his brother bill was his manager bill kennison oh man so when kennison passed away 
um, we got on the bill through Carl to play his wake as his backup band. Oh, um, now, it wasn't Schizo. It was my other group called The Henchmen. Huh. So they were more um, cover tunes, you know, and less thrash, you know, because, you know, you don't want that at a wake. Yeah. So it was just like people coming up singing karaoke style at the wake. It was really sad. I mean, he was young, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was, and he was back on track. And he was, of, yeah. yeah. He died as he ba- was back yeah, on track. He was, and that was a tough one. Did you open for Metallica once? Yeah. How yeah, did, that was uh, that was on Turk Street Studios, but they were under a different name called Spastic, Spastic Children. Children. Yeah, very interesting. Same guys, though, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably don't want to speak for you, but are probably in a better place of peace than you were as a twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And angst is part of what caused you to form Schizo, mm-hmm. and that angst is probably lessened over the years. Uh, it's more wiser. Okay, yeah, so I, you still have things to channel, is what I'm getting oh, at. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, friends dying, family dying, that's angst. That's getting older and hurting, that's angst, you know, and looking in the mirror and seeing, wow, that's angst, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's... Whatever's going to happen down the road, you know, you're always going to have some sort of angst about it. An eye on the future is definitely angst. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was Schizo ever approached by uh, major labels? Absolutely. And did you turn them all down? No, they turned me down. They turned you, but they approached you. Well, I approached them. They approached us. Contracts were sent back and forth. Yeah. Well, actually, they were sent to me. And then I modify them so that way I'm not going to owe them for the rest of my life. Yeah, which is important. Right. When they have the, your social security number on there and they're going to loan you 200000 yes. but not give you any tour support, no. that's no. like buying a house and, and, yeah. and not giving me the tools to reimburse. Oh, yeah. And then they'll charge you for the bus afterwards. Right. Oh, yeah. no, no. The big one was the, the insane one was they said, okay, we're going to press 50,000 units. And we're going to send them all out to many stores. But if they don't sell, you're going to pay for the shipping coming back for 50,000 units. I mean, they go, how confident are you to sell? I, I go, I don't know. You're not going to have tour support. And, and you expect me to. Have, how would you sell those? How would you market that? I don't know. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, we're going to have to work around this. And then, you know, I lose the contract. So I got about 30 contracts of these kinds of deals that, you know, if I signed it, I'd be liable for hundreds of thousands yes. of dollars. And, and then I'd be stuck. We've seen it happen to a few bands out of this area. And, and it's, right. it's a tough thing. And it takes their music. They get to own what you write for a period of time. Right. In some cases, I think they, they'll take your instruments back. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was one band that I know of that, that actually was given a bill for the uh, bus. Oh, God. And, you know, oh, well, and you know, when you actually read these contracts, it's like, this is not an opportunity. Everybody thinks getting signed is, that's it. We've made it. Right. But in fact, you read the fine print and it's like, no. It's a loan. It's a loan. That, that is not a good loan. <laughs> and I just wanted to modify it. You know, I, I'm not wanting the world, but I want it to be fair. 
I'm going to do my work, you do your work. And if it doesn't work out, the guy in Northern California doesn't get stuck with the bill. Right. You're a major conglomerate. You're a major corporation. You can handle the bill. I don't have to take the bill is probably your position. Right. Let's try to find a middle ground here. And they they didn't want to play ball. I even said, I was so far that I said, you know, if you want to hold the rights to the music for a certain amount of years, you can. Now, if it was done right with tour support with a major or, you know, festivals and, you know, but near the late, 90s, 2000s, that stuff disappeared. Do you have people buying merch and buying albums online from you? Yeah. Is that national? Is that international? International. National everything, yeah. Yeah. So you have fans all over the world then? Yeah. You know, honestly, I think we have a good 5,000 core fans that have been with me ever since day one. Now, I'll get a couple of stragglers here, a couple hundred here, maybe another thousand there, but it's safe to say that... Whatever I put out, 5,000 will sell. This is your 19th album you're putting Mm -hmm. out? Okay. Now, are you consistently proud of all the music you've put out? Or are there some things that, you know, maybe the first or second album where you were younger and you're kind of like, eh, listen to my new stuff. Don't listen to my old stuff. Each one I liked differently because it's... You know, it's different people. There was a different studio. There was a different vibe. So when I listen to one album of each, there's never a sour. Any other spectacle in the 30 plus years of schizo that stands out to you, aside from what we've talked about? (laughs) My very, very, very first schizo show. You remember Greg Mart? Yeah, absolutely. He, He was my original bass player. Wow. His parole officer let him come to our show. Spectacular. But his parole officer was right there on stage with him. As wow. he was playing, he had a half an hour to play, and then he had to go back to the clink. Classic. So this was like our very first show, and I had a cat. Okay, his name was Panda, and he was a cool cat. All right, he was in a box, right by the drums. And so, when you pick up Panda by the back of the neck, he's kind of like relaxed, hanging there. My drummer had a blood pack sandwich bag full of liquid blood and he grabbed the cat by the neck and I had a very dull knife so I'm I bring the cat up and we're proceeding to cut the cat's throat yeah and when he popped the blood pack it scared the cat and the cat's legs were dong 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 like <laughs> like it's you know it's it's a really happening right and, and let alone that you have an audience full of people watching right an audience just went nuts no. oh my god they're killing cats oh my god. <laughs> you know, we and then we dropped the cat, and the cat ran. Did you get the cat back? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank oh, God. you know what? The, this was not at a club. This was at my house. <laughs> Ooh, thank God. It was. Okay. Oh, okay. It was on Ooh. a deck okay. in okay. the back. Yeah. But we had wow. all the neighborhood. We had the school. Oh we had, man, it was packed. <laughs> it yeah. Was packed. People were on acid, yeah. and they they saw the cat <laughs> get killed or whatever, and then. <laughs> couple of people actually quit doing drugs because of that show. Absolutely, they Absolutely. did. And in that way, you're saving lives. I am. <laughs> the, the cat panda, he, he was really a, a cool asset to that show. I, I just remember that night, and, you know, he was so cool. When you reflect on the last 30-plus years of Schizo, what do you mm. think so far? Wow, a lot. Um, the friends I've made and the people, the happiness, I would say, you know, all good, positive. Absolutely. Yeah, it has been all good. At least from, from our end, it's always been fun. I don't actually, it's, what, what is true is I don't think we got through a schizo show that didn't have some sound guy grumble. But <laughs> they're the ones. That's what they get paid for. Absolutely. Come sometimes on. they're the only guys in the building that get paid. So, yes, <laughs> I think it's fair if you make the sound guy grumble. That's good. 
I try my hardest to not make them grumble. No, yeah, you really it's, did. They haven't it's, grumbled in a long time. No, correct? no, no, yeah, actually, that's true. They have not. Uh, and, I mean, as you reflect on the things you've accomplished, the people you've met, the fans you've made, mm-hmm. how do you feel about it? I mean, to be a kid who felt very isolated growing up in Hillsburg, you've done a lot of incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I. You just like doing it, so it feels it feels good to be able to do something you like doing. Maybe but that's you know, as simple as it is for you. That's what I do, even off the clock of bands. Do you yeah. know what I do off stage? I don't. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a job developer. I I help people find jobs who uh, have barriers, like people with disabilities. I help them find work. I help people f- out of prison find work. Oh, I help them with their resumes. Um, I introduce people. I get people hired. I get. People who think they're nothing and nobody, I connect them with people, and now they're something. Oh, spectacular. That relates, then, to your music career. You get a thrill out of elevating younger bands. Right. You get a thrill out of providing a platform and covering your friend's songs. And and you get a thrill out of finding people work that need it. Yeah, my favorite one was finding this uh, deaf guy. He couldn't talk, and he couldn't hear. And he was on at the department rehab for, for two years. They couldn't find him work. And I'm like... Hello, let's let's look at body shops. And within 10 days, I got him working at a body shop where he didn't have to have ear protection. He just focused oh, on his man. work. And the boss loved him so much yeah. that he taught him how to do other stuff. And yeah. now he's like the top guy there. Oh, of course. You what know, a it's, natural. It's just one of those things. It's wow. like you got to think outside the box yep. and... And who you know, and I don't know. Yeah. But but the look on his face, because I don't do sign language. Yeah, right. I had to write it down. I said, hey, you start tomorrow at 10 a.m., and I show it to him, and he starts crying. Wow. And that, that's the kind of stuff that I like. Yeah, that's huge. And that's same huge. thing. I tell yeah. the kid, I know you've been trying to get a gig. Hey, why don't you open for us at the Coco Tree? Yes. Oh, my God, really? Oh my God. Yeah, really? yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it. Yeah, huge moments. And, you know, you're, you're a young man still. Do you see sure. you doing schizo for another 30 years if you get that opportunity? Yeah. I, I don't see why I could quit or why I would. Uh, I tried to give it up. I lost my identity. It was that simple. I remember pulling my phone out saying I quit year 2000, I think it was. And then I just lost my identity. People I see, hey, how's the shows? I'm not playing, you know. Every corner I turn, hey, you got a flyer for me? No, I'm done. You know, but that identity was just lost. So I had to like put that in perspective and I'm like, okay, you are who you are. Let's just write it out. Spectacular. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I can say is I'm first meeting you tonight, but you are legend, even if you don't want yeah, to hear absolutely. it. Absolutely. You are legend. Yep. The man, oh, the myth, thanks. the legend. Absolutely. Lance Ozanic. <laughs> And I think there's a reason that that show with the mannequin that Tom remembers is in his top 10 shows he's seen here. Wow. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, thanks for all your contributions musically. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming and doing this show. And thanks for coming. I had a blast, guys. an awful lot of fun. Yeah. We did, too, I think. I did. Good. Jim, did you have a blast? I had a blast. Yeah, I thought he did. And it is is, is really, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. I've heard of your band for over 10 years. So, to meet you in person is is, is, a treat. So. Thank you, Tom Gaffey. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Thank you, Lance. Thanks, Jim and Tom. Thank you. What a guy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. night. Far out. Was that okay? Yeah, that was beautiful. That really was fun. Wow. Thanks, guys. I didn't know about Howard Stern. There was a lot I didn't know about. That was good. Wow. That's a lot.